Independentleft.news. Indie. Indie. What's up, Indie? Indie News Network. Indie. I get news from Independent Left. Independentleft.news. Independentleft.news. Indie Left Media. Independent Left News. Indie Left. Independent Left News. Independent Left Media. Indie Media. Indie Left. Indie. 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 Indie Left News. Indie Left. Hi, Indie. Indie Left News. Subscribe to Indie News Network. We're world building. Your, your way of assisting, I feel like, is really cool. Independentleft.news. Independentleft.news. I'm a huge fan. He created INN. The founder of uh, Independent News Network. Indy is the founder of Indie News Network. Thank you, Independentleft.news. A huge thank you and shout out to Indie Left. Everyone, check out Indie Left News. Hey, Indie Left. Independentleft.news. Indie. Indie. Hi, Indie. Indie Left. Indie Left News. Indie News. Independent Media. Independentleft News has done an amazing job. We did it. Uh, we hit the buttons. We're we're here for another week. Oh my god, folks! Yay, yay! We did it. Okay, let's move this up top. That that looks better above your name on the vertical. Okay, cool. Hmm? Hi everybody. Um, to the Hi. dozen or so people who are here, I love you and I really appreciate you being on time because that's awesome. Um. <clears throat> We're hoping to have a third and a a mystery guest this week, but we got a last minute uh, postponement, so we're going to be doing that another time. But so it's just going to be the normal bird and reef, well, Indian reef now, or reef in India, or whatever the hell you want to call it. How do we miss that? Um, I'm excited. I'm ready to do this. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? You doing all right? Oh, it's it's been a week. Let's just say it's been a week. Um, yep. um you know, we're ready to move on to whatever the next action is going to be <clears throat> because we are moving past <clears throat> the rage against the mm-hmm. war machine. This weekend there was the no to NATO, no to war rally in um in, in London, and I know Max Blumenthal was there and they had a huge turnout. Richard Medhurst spoke among tons of other people. Uh, we're going to get some footage from that, I'm guessing, probably next week, and there'll be a couple articles written up. So I'm excited about that. Um, no, no con up, Fred Edward. Yeah, definitely not, not, uh, not bringing on our friend, or not, not really our friend, but you know, Rokan is uh, yikes. Um, some people will go around with him and expose him for the clown that he actually is, and he decides he wants to go on shows and say the things that we know that he that they believe. But what what they're not going to help us. And you know, sometimes he'll say the right thing, and sometimes he'll just serve us DNC platitudes, which is exactly what his position is, because uh, he's a ship. Yep. So yeah, well. Let me move this up a little bit now that your your badge is there. So <clears throat> welcome everybody, of course, to How Do We Miss That? How Do We Miss That is a podcast and live stream featuring articles written by independent journalists who expose corruption, cover the growing labor movement, and challenge establishment narratives and talking points. New episodes stream live 10, Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, that's like now, on our YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Rockfin, Substack, Facebook, Telegram channels. It's also uh, streaming live on IndieLeft.News right now. Um, the podcast usually posts within a couple days. 
lately I've been getting it up like the same day or the next day. I'm co-host Indy. I'm the founder and editor of Indy Left News and Indy Media Today, Substack, as well as Indy independentleft.gg. That's the Discord and independentleft.shop. So we're going to talk about the shop, talk about some stuff there. Uh, and then this guy sitting next to me, that's Reef Breland. He is INN's technical director. He is the creator of INN News and one of the co-hosts, of course, with Colin and uh, and Reefer After Dark as well when it runs. Uh, we were also on the, uh, the 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 show Due Dissonance this past week, and that that was fun with Keaton and Russ. Russ was actually uh, streamyarding in from India, which was interesting to hear his perspective there. Mm-hmm. Um, both of us are co-founders of Indie News Network, INN, a collaborative family of independent content creators. Find all our channels on IndieNews.network. And all the stories that you're going to see today, well, kind of, were kind of included in the newsletter somewhere on the Substack recently. Uh, there's just a fire hose of developing news all week long. We're going to have some fun this week also. Um, so be sure, to, be sure to make sure to share the like. Look, share this link. Like the stream, subscribe to our channel. You see it in the, in the ticker at the bottom on all the platforms where you watch and listen. We're everywhere, as I said. <clears throat> thank you to all our volunteers. And always a special thank you to Big Mad Crab. He drives us crazy. We love him to death. And he makes kick-ass thumbnails and does kick-ass creative stuff. And he did not disappoint again tonight. So let's get to our thumbnail. Our thumbnail has... um. Check this out, a new logo, kind of. A new How Do We Miss That Show logo. A little bit updated. Um, Grab did a little bit of magic and changed the the neon around the sign and made it hang from the from the ceiling. So that's pretty cool. He also, by the way, did the uh, Shut the Fuck Up Shit Lib Joe icon, which I said we need to have some kind of branded thing for Joe. And sure enough, that's really cool. So uh, let's get to... <clears throat> Indie main. Okay, here we go. Here's our thumbnail. <clears throat> now you can see us around the world. Brandy and D, welcome, Rick. What's going on? Welcome, welcome. All right, we got our first story, which is the coal miners. Now <clears throat> there was a lot, ta- a lot going on the last couple of weeks, and I hadn't even heard that the Warrior Met coal miner strike ended. This was the longest running street mm-hmm. uh, strike in the United States. The guys in Alabama, I remember. Didn't, didn't you know what was happening? Well, you many know? people didn't, but like these guys marched all the way from Alabama to Wall Street, like literally. And then they had their big protest right. and, and day on Wall Street. So Hamilton Nolan, who's one of the better one better, one of the better writers out there for in these times, the end of the more the, the Warrior Met strike and the utter failure of the democratic imagination. Now you know, uh, I, I like Hamilton a lot, but he is certainly an optimist for the Democratic Party, though he is also a realist. He is one of these people, I, I feel, that wants to see the Democratic Party do better, but also understands that they're right. probably not in a position to to do better. And here, and he's at least doing a fair postmortem assessment to show, hey, guys. <clears throat> so here, here here's where we're at. After almost two years on the picket line, Hundreds of mine workers of America uh, members, uh, United Mine Workers of America members who've been on strike at Warrior Met Coal in Alabama have offered to go back to work. They still don't have the fair contract they sacrificed so much for. 
The negotiations are going to continue, but they didn't win this strike, and that's tragic. The company and its private equity owners bear the most direct responsibility for precipitating this heartless, inhuman struggle. But if you're looking for a meaningful place to focus your rage over the way that this strike has turned out, look directly at the Democratic Party. Why? Well, imagine hypothetically that we're living in a period of history in which inequality has soared for a half century, thanks in large part to the decline of unions and working class bargaining power, in which the American dream has been hollowed out, and decades of economic gains have flowed out almost exclusively to the rich. We know this. Thank you very much, Bernie Sanders, in which poorly designed free trade mm-hmm. policies supported by Democrats have sucked middle America dry of once abundant blue collar jobs. All right. In which the, uh, the obvious failures of neoliberalism to rectify this, uh, this situation have soured millions of once reliable blue voters on the Democratic Party and tempted them into a Republican Party that offers easy skip scapegoats for systematic problems or for systemic problems in which this toxic lack of opportunity paved the way for xenophobic lying narcissists to spend four years in the White House on the strength of racist fables about making America great again. Well, again, I I still argue with some of those those points, but that's pretty pretty generally okay. Imagine further that after those dark four years, Democrats were back in power and that they had a leader who proclaimed himself the most pro-union president of our lifetimes, okay, and that he also led a party that fretted continuously about how to win back working-class voters from the clutches of Trumpism. Okay, then imagine that there was a long-running strike by coal miners in Alabama who were fighting against the predations of ultra-insulated capitalist financiers who were accelerating the inequality crisis. And imagine that walkout became the longest major strike in America, dragging on well past the point when most people would have given up, with the strikers assaulted by oppressive police and court rulings. And yet, for month after month, these workers persevered, held the line, and sacrificed greatly in order to fight for dignity and the fundamental ability for working people to be treated fairly by the faces by the faceless forces of capital. I mean... Right. I like the way this guy writes. It's flowery. It's it's the Dems lost a good one with this one. I'll tell you right now because he fit his writing fits in with exactly how they like to speak, but now it's being used against them, and I kind of like that. It's mm. obvious to anyone with an ounce of imagination that this scenario represents more than a single local fight. It contains the potential to be a powerful symbol, not just a generic workers fight back photo op for politicians but a very specific inspirational symbol of what the Democratic Party could and should be. See, again, he's a, he's a hopeful optimist about who the Democrats really are when we actually know what they really are. What better way to overcome the cynical but effective Republican strategy of declaring itself the party of regular working Americans than to actually be the part of the party of regular working Americans? Yeah, we've been screaming this for years. They just don't want to do it, Hamilton. What better way to overcome the accusations that Democrats are ivory tower elites than go all out to support a justified heroic strike of blue-collar workers in a red state? Why wasn't Joe Biden on the picket line in Brookwood, Alabama? Well, we know why. Why wasn't Labor Secretary Marty Walsh at any of the big rallies that the UMWA held over the past two years? Well, again, we know why. Why weren't these strikers invited guests at the State of the Union? 
Why weren't Democratic senators and congresspeople on the ground giving speeches for the strikers again and again? Bernie Sanders can't, ex- can't be expected to single-handedly in- drag the entire Democratic Party to the promised land. Except that well, we wait. know that... Yeah, well, he's he the strike killer. This he doesn't actually do that, Hamilton. supposed to be Come out on. here doing. Come on. What he actually right. does is he's the one that, that goes in at the end of a strike and, t- and puts his arm around the workers and goes, Oh, you fought the good fight. Now you got to go back to work. I'm very sorry. But Congress says no. That's what Bernie Sanders has become. Okay. Where was yeah. everyone, though? But not just Bernie. You know, he's saying, where was everyone? Where were the ads rallying national support that should have blanketed America before the midterm elections? Why the Democrats let this potent symbol slip through their grasp? Well, the they utter, don't like labor anymore. Well, the question is, did they ever really like labor? And the utter failure to, to harness the political potential of the Warrior Met strike is not the most important failure here. That would be the failure to support the substance of the strike. Why? Why? Because this was not just some missed photo op for Democrats. This was an instance in which Democrats failed to support what should be the core platform of the Democratic Party. Again, back with his, this is kumbaya, what the Democrats should be, but they're never going to be Hamilton. This is why we're independent. Yep. What are the only institutions that can bring together the people of different races and political persuasions in the Deep South? Well, not nothing anymore. Unions, except unions. What is the key to rolling back our inequality crisis? Unions. How do you start change the electorate? How do you start to change the electorate in deep red states and open their eyes to worker power? Unions. Well, what do unions need to advertise themselves to people unfamiliar with their power? successful strikes. Well, they don't just need that. They actually have to deliver for their union members. Besides workers, who has the decline of unions in middle America hurt the most? Democrats. Well, sure. Oh, 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 okay. So does anyone know where the Democratic Party might find a major strike of blue-collar workers in a red state that it could energetically support to prove everyone that it is not a party of remote coastal elites but rather that its commitment to regular workers is real, okay? That it's, re- that it's ready to repair the damage done by neoliberalism. If anyone sees a strike like that, please let the Democrats know. It's not an opportunity they'd ever want to miss. The infinite admiration that we owe to these UMWA workers who walked, all, who walked the line at Warrior Met for all these months should be matched by our infinite disgust at their lack of national political support. The Democrats blew this. The whole thing gives me the same feeling I had in 2021, watching the Democratic Party similarly failed to rally behind workers at a West Virginia pharmaceutical plant that was being callously shut down and offshore during the depths of the COVID crisis. That, like the Warrior Met strike, offered a chance for Democrats to stand up for unions and against heartless financiers. But those financiers, of course, also financed the Democratic Party and in support of blue-collar red state workers. But nobody cared. Yes, we know. That opportunity floated away in the wind along with the jobs that the union was trying to save. Yes, we know, Hamilton, because who? West Virginia. Um, hmm. I seem to recall that there is a pretty, well, no, a pretty big senator from West Virginia who acts as the rotating villain pretty often. So it doesn't surprise me West one Virginia. bit. All right. Yeah. Country Road. Oh, don't make me sing. 
All right. <laughs> for, for all the billions of dollars spent on lobbying and gauzy political advertisements, there seems to be no one in Washington, D.C. Gauzy. Yes. There seems to be no one in Washington, D.C. capable of conceptualizing a, a way to take advantage of the rare chance to combine substance and symbolism in a pro-worker Democratic Party. Because it doesn't exist, Hamilton. Political strategists seem to con- seem content to cede red states to Republicans and thereby confirm for the working people living in these states that their belief that Democrats don't really care about them is justified. Well, because it it is. Um, the warrior met strikers met made labor history in Alabama. They may still make some material gains as their negotiations continue, but the lack of political vision by the Democratic Party establishment means that a priceless chance to shake off the boring Fox News-style polarization of our politics has slipped away. Do better next time, you oblivious cowards. They will. Is the Um, problem. No, this is who they are. This is who they are. He does not want to recognize that and he even acknowledged, oh, look, in 2021, they did it. The- yes, because this is who they are, dude. This is why we have to bail. This is why we need to go independent to, for- to form some type of a third-party apparatus to vote for anyone but Democrats and Republicans, if for no other reason than to give them the finger and tell them that they are not going to get our vote anymore, and they're not going to control the purse of the United States anymore. Like, this is enough. And this is why you need to buy our merch. Well, um, well, you should definitely support. I mean, obviously, support support the uh, the shop for Indie Left. That's independentleft.shop. I'm working on a catch all shop that'll also have the INN store as well as the um, as well as uh, Big Bad Crab has a store as well. A shop just created a couple of new items. One for Indies Tech Tips. So go check that out at independentleft.shop as well as a baseball cap with the embroidered indie across the front as well, if you want to check that out. Yeah. So, meh. Meh. Brandy, the Go start. How are you? Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. All right. So we have a couple dozen people watching. Love it, love it. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. So. Uh, Carpathian, has either of you ever been in a labor union? Good question. That's from the Rockfin. Um, I have been to plenty of my mother's teachers unions meetings over the years. I, I, I have, I'm currently not a member of a union and kind of wish that I was because it would be helpful at the moment. Let's just, let's just say, uh, my father ran one of the few strikes in his industry. Um, I understand yes. that there is a ton of corruption at the top uh, of of labor unions, and I am not a big fan of big labor I, as far it's as just like politics. As far as the Democratic Party supported labor union, we are much more in favor of workers owning means of production and moving toward worker co ops. There you go. Um, labor unions mm-hmm. to us are a are a step because mm-hmm. most people aren't ready for co ops and. Deciding who leads and exactly how that works in a co-op is still a question to a lot of people. Um, but that's that's Carpathian over on the Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash IND Left News. We're also we're all the we are also over on um 
Rumble. And holy moly, we are getting a ton of action over on Rumble lately. So, hi, Rumble. Um, I mean, Fake they're news. chatting. Fake news. Well, Reef isn't really convinced that there's a real Rumble audience. So, if you're over on Rumble and, and you're there, like, drop a, a, a number one in the chat and, and let us know that you're a human being. Um, say hi. And thank you so you much are for fake news. Oh, thank, thank you, Donald. That's not cool. All right. So let's go back to Wrong. our indie main. Thanks. Don't be rude. Oh, I know that name. Jeez. Um, all right. Well, let's go back and let's, let's put that chat up. Hold on. Curious what Indy feels Democrats should be doing. Complain, yes, but solution. The economy favors the company and disincentivizes them to negotiate what are... Who does he mean by Democrats? Or she? That's he. That's, that's Scott. Genders. That's Scott. Uh, Scott. Um, it depends. Um, does he mean the Democratic voter? Um, they should stop watching mainstream media and... Well, they, you they, know, they are mainstream and they're, they, they are mainstream in their politicians, media, hold their politicians accountable, somehow get better representation in a system where, uh, elect elections are not going to solve your problems. I think he means democratic um, politicians. Because they're set but, up to not, but maybe, okay. They should do anything other than what they're doing now. RT Red says eleven demand strategy, which is first you've got to get rid of the money. And yeah, I mean you not... gotta you gotta fix the money. Money first, media next. Like unless you know, unless you get the you know the the corruption and the money out at this level, especially, and we've get seen rid of it. the deep state. Uh, yeah, pretty bust up CIA, but who's doing that? Um, I mean, Bernie, Bernie used to have a solution. It was, sounds like you're ready for a revolution. And I'm still waiting on that. You know, re real life solutions are, are as far as, you know, ballot measures and do what you can locally and help the people locally and, and focus on other positive yes. solutions that we can come together on fighting, fighting the war machine, et cetera. Um, yeah. Yeah. Scott was talking about Mutual the Democratic aid. Party. Um, the Democratic Party's got to stop taking money from the same do donors and financiers as the Republican Party. As the Republican Party. And also being in the pocket. Oh, yeah, right. They're in the pocket of big, big pharma. They're in the po pocket of the military-industrial complex. They're in pocket of... And look, what we've been covering with the, with the Twitter files and as well as what Alan McLeod's been talking about, the government has been embedded at these social media companies censoring people left, right, and sideways with anybody that is... Uh, and, and mostly General it's been the strikes. Democratic Party that's been doing this, according to everything that we're seeing. And yeah, we get that the Twitter files is biased and there's going to be stuff coming out, but there really hasn't been anything Direct coming out action of the Trump. against asked, those Democratic. Like they've asked for the like, Trump for the Trump stuff. And it's funny because we're about to start talking about censorship. So that's a perfect lead in. So thank you, Scott. I really appreciate that. Um, thanks Stop for hanging voting out. voting for Democrats. Well, not for so voting for. Democrats and Republicans, independent and proud here. Yes. Um, you know, um, uh, independent yeah. ballot measures and local candidates that, that you know and vet and to the best of your ability. Look, Hondo Couch vetted the, the sheriff in L.A. 
and they went around on a ride along with him. And that guy ran like literally a gang inside his freaking department for, you know, after he got elected, like there's not much you can do about that, but we've got Mm -hmm. even more censorship happening. And so I wanted to talk about this, which is Patrick Lawrence. Um, He's one of the Indie Media Award honorees. Well, he's not, but Consortium News is, and this is an exclusive for Consortium News. Patrick is excellent. Um, Indie Media Award honoree. Check out Consortium News. Support them, please. So this Mm -hmm. is a little bit long, and it's talking a little bit about the Democracy Now! interview of Cy Hirsch, which was censored by by YouTube, which I hadn't even really heard the story. But when he awoke last Sunday morning to the news that YouTube had censored a long interview that Cy Hirsch had done with Democracy Now! on the grounds that it did not meet Google's subsidiaries, community standards, and was moreover offensive, his mind went in many directions, which... First, and I thought the same thing, which was of the New York Post case in October 2020, three weeks before the presidential election, when Twitter, Facebook, and all the other big social, this is what they did to Cy Hirsch's thing, social media platforms blocked America's oldest daily after it reported the damning, politically damaging content of Hunter Biden's laptop computer. So let me go back. Mm -hmm. This is what they did to the Seymour Hirsch article. Was that they said that they blurred some imagery oh, about 30 I, seconds into the video in response to a content warning from YouTube that severely limited the reach of this, this interview. What you see now is an edited version for the uncensored version of the interview that aired on our show. You have to go to their website, which is, wow. Um, content. Yeah, there's there's censorship. So I thought of what we now call the disinformation industry, right? We talked about this. I talked about this last Sunday with C.J. Hopkins and all these diabolic organizations, Proper Not, NewsGuard, Hamilton 68 et al., right? To, that stock mm-hmm. with spooks serving in staff positions and as advisors dedicate themselves to discrediting dissenting writers and independent publications as conveyors of Russian propaganda. And then I thought of a story a Russian acquaintance told me one afternoon over drinks when I was in Moscow some years back. Lenin was a professor of sociology at Moscow State University and had served at the Central Committee and the Politburo in various advisory capacities during the Soviet era. Lenin knew how to ride the waves, let's say, and he knew whereof he spoke. He also had a wonderful sense of humor and a highly developed appreciation for life's infinite ironies. Now. Patrick Lawrence is not a young guy. I think I have his picture somewhere, but um, let me pass on this tale and then make the connection with Hirsch's expose of the Biden regime's Nord Stream up and the other cases I've mentioned. This is going to take a minute, but just stick with it. He says, we'd been talking about the press in Russia, in America, in Asia, and elsewhere, trading observations and comparing notes. It was then in the bar at the old Metropole Hotel that Lenin related a story that He thought I would find useful or amusing or both. During the periods of Soviet-American detent in the 1970s, the State Department offered to take two foreign ministry bureaucrats on a tour of the United States. They visited five cities, New York, Washington, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, with the minders from state taking care to show their guests the sort of things minders from state would want to show Soviet visitors, right? Certain camaraderie developed, and it's nice to think about the scene, impossible as such occasions have become. <laughs> well, I had that in reverse and a long time ago. 
When they reached San Francisco, it was time to say farewell, and the State Department shepherds asked the two Soviets what aspects of American life they found most remarkable. And the Soviets seemed not to have hesitated before replying. It's really interesting. In the Soviet Union, they said, all the newspapers across 11 time zones say the same thing every day because they're carefully censored. They're told routinely what to say and what to leave out. Here in America, the press is free. We have no sign of censorship in all the cities you've shown us. And yet, and yet, well, again, this is in the night, like way, way back. And yet wherever we are, when we pick up a newspaper, they too say the same thing from New York to California. Nothing we've read is ever any different. There's internal, there's externally imposed censorship. And then there's internally imposed censorship to state the obvious. And the two Soviet bureaucrats were fascinated to see firsthand and for the first time the latter at work. Root censorship is nothing pretty to look at, leaded, my Russian acquaintance meant to say. But the invisible kind is just as effective is just as effective. Everyone in mainstream that's again we're gonna get to my article, mainstream journalism mm-hmm. knows where the fence posts are, as I like to put it. And if you spend too much time beyond them, you won't work in mainstream journalism very long, and they will discredit you and smear you and call you a kook and a lunatic. I wonder if Seymour Hersh, certainly proven to rank among the great journalists of our time, may have a thought about this. Well, we know he did because he spoke about it during this interview that he was censored. <laughs> this question of internalized censorship, commonly known as self-censorship, has long fascinated me. Uh, I've watched many times as journalists surrendering themselves for the sake of their professional careers, train themselves to hear the silent language that tells them what to say and what to leave unsaid. And then over time, you find them giving vigorous voice to thoughts and beliefs imposed upon them, absolutely convinced that these are their own thoughts and beliefs and that they've come up by that. They've, they've come by them independently. This is how the propaganda factory works. The modern mind's eager desire to conform, while we remain certain of our originality and individuality, Philip Slater touched on this in his soon, too soon forgotten The Pursuit of Loneliness, published in 1970. So did Eric Fromm in Escape from Freedom, which appeared in 1941 and could hardly be more pertinent to our time. So he's got a Fromm quote. We are proud that that his conduct of life Uh, That in his conduct of life, man has become free from external authorities, which tell him what to do and what not to do. We neglect the role of anonymous authorities like public opinion and common sense, which are so powerful because of our profound readiness to conform to the expectations everybody has about ourselves and our equally profound fear of being different. I've had overbearing editors I greatly wish were more anonymous than they were. But let us set this minor point aside. From and Slater are concerned with the collective psychology from which self-censorship draws from for, it, for its extraordinary effectiveness. Compulsive conformity, From calls it. We can go back as far as de Tocqueville to gain a sense of how deeply rooted conformity is among Americans. When we do... We can't be surprised or mystified to note what the Soviet visitors noted 50-odd years ago and what we fail to see, even as it is before us in plain sight. American media are as rigorously controlled via the mechanisms of internalized censorship 
as any newspaper in any of the authoritarian societies we profess to detest for their lack of freedom. And I'm sure there are people who would argue with some of this, but it's, it's what I've seen. But what happened to Cy Hirsch's Democracy Now! interview last weekend for the New York Post in the final weeks of Joe Biden's presidential campaign, to Glenn Greenwald with The Intercept, and to a lot of independent journalists at the hands of the disinformation industry since this took shape a half dozen years ago, requires us to think anew. Again, reminding us of what, this was a, a um, note from Democracy Now! And you notice that, that this video still has over a million views. But wow, I mean, to blur it out is just, I still can't. It's commonly said that the emergence of digital media since the mid-1990s when the first such publications appear, uh, appeared, and when Bob Parry, of course, started publishing Consortium News, it's brought us into a new era. And we can mean many things by this. Let us now not let us not now miss. For all the good these new media have done, and for all the doors they promised to open, this new era is one is to be one of coercive, externally imposed censorship, as heavy-handed as anything those visiting shows had lived with all those years back. With the decline of our legacy media into craven subservience to power to an extent no one could have dreamed a couple of decades back, independent media such as Consortium News are where the future of the great craft lies, a point I've made severally in this space. But it seems to me that the digital platforms on which these media depend have been liabilities as well as assets from the first. Technologies are not value neutral. Um, this is Jacques Ellul, who is a Christian anarchist and many-sided intellect, made this case in the Technological Society, which came out in English in 1964. Right? To put his thesis too simply, technologies are not empty of content other than what is put into them. Implicit in any technology is an affirmation of the political economy and material circumstances that produced it. In other words, technologies available to independent journalists are corporate products. They're vital to independent practitioners as means of delivery, but as we learn by the day now, access to them can be withdrawn at any time. Any time. At any time, whether it's Patreon, whether it is access to your YouTube account or your Twitter account, unless you delete something. Many of us seem to have missed this contradiction, and now we are pressed to recognize it. And as we do, we're led to ask whether the promise of independent journalism can be extinguished by way of a totalized system of censorship. Do you think this phrase too strong? Mark Andreessen, who's the founder of Netscape, the web services company, and an influential figure in Silicon Valley, doesn't. In the spring of 2022, Andreessen set out this, sent out this note via Twitter. Quote, I predict essentially identical censorship slash deplatforming policies across all layers of the internet stack. Client side, server side ISPs, cloud platforms, CDNs, payment networks, climate client OSs, browsers, and email clients, with only rare exceptions, and the pressure is intense. Again, as proven from the Twitter files, the way the FBI was pressuring people at Twitter to censor accounts because they thought they suspected them of Russian activity, even though Twitter was confident, absolutely knew that they were definitely not Russian. He says, I do not know how far we are from the world Andreessen warns us of. 
but there is an argument that we are headed in the is there an argument that we're headed in the direction of that he forecasts i don't wish to diminish the importance of independent media a hope a point i hope is by now clear but to turn these thoughts another way it is one thing to bully cancel and otherwise suppress emergent publications and greatly another to censor a legacy newspaper such as the new york post and a journalist of seymour hersh's stature his conclusion is that the game is getting rough and likely to get a lot rougher. Not surprising. We've been saying this, hunker down and platform everywhere. There is one other factor in the forcing, in, in, uh, that's forcing the pace of America's censorship regime that bears men mentioning. And this concerns the larger context. By the time digital media began to find their place in the public discourse, the events of 2001 had forced the American imperium onto its back foot, and it has ever since assumed the hostile crouch of the wounded. As history teaches us, it is at this point that declining nations require the loyalty of all economic, political, industrial, and cultural institutions. Complete loyalty and uniformity. Accordingly, the line between the national security state and corporate media has not merely been blurred in the post-2001 era, it is now more or less eliminated as documents such as the Twitter files make clear. Are we surprised? Well, we ought not to be. But the next question is, what are we to do as an era of totalized censorship appears to be upon us? Subscribing to the independent publication of your choice would be a conscientious start. Patreon.com slash IND left news, folks. Substack.com. Well, it's actually IndieMediaToday.substack.com. And you can find all the links at IndieLeft.media. All right. And, of course, you can pick up some merch if you want to hook some, some people you, you know up and do them nice. So, oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm a little exhausted after that one, and I definitely need to cut loose a little bit. Um, How dare you? Well, yeah. Well, so what I did want to say um about that article <clears throat> was there was a conversation that we had last sunday night and it fired me up or monday night and it got me thinking from a facebook post comment to a reply to a substack post and so go check out indiemediatoday.substack.com it was it was our our new mission which is to unplug from corporate controlled media which this kind of dovetails really nicely into so by all means, and I'll bring that up after after we get to the to the fun stuff, and I'll show you guys what that looks like. Um, let's see. Uh, Carpathia 9. My union did not do shit about COVID shots, said get a religious ex exemption. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, look. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Right. Here we go. Uh, my uh, UAW voted to strike in 2020. Yeah, UA UAW has been terribly corrupt at its head. Uh, we are for workers and for workers organizing collectively and for bargaining collectively. The representation that, that has been put at, at leadership is an, is an executive board in itself that is incredibly chummy and um, friendly with the Democratic Party apparatus, especially at the UAW, though they do buy off both sides to a point. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Uh, uh, again, Carpathian Nine over on over on Rockfin. Thanks for thanks for watching and supporting the show over there. 
Um, and we got Julie Love in the house. Hi, Julie. Hey, Eric T. Red. Greg Red. Oh, that's Greg. They Greg Greg uh, designed some of the merch, and he's our our creative director king over here at uh, at INN. So give give Greg some love, and uh, subscribe to his channel. He's got a channel too, and he goes live once in a while too. He's doing some fun stuff. Um. All right. So I want to get to some fun. All right. So this guy Turncoat Don. Holy shit. He's great. Um, I love Don. And and Don is awesome. Uh, so I want to go back. Hang on. Let me let me go back here. And now I'm going to escape out from the slideshow. And now we're going to go. And Don makes. Don has been busy hard at work making videos. And he makes. He's been making. You know, kind of cut up videos for a while. Sometimes it was. Um, um, you know. Some kind of violent thing that, but it was funny, like somebody slapping somebody in the face, losing an argument, and he's cut up all kinds of of edits together. I mean, Turncoat Don's awesome. Uh, at Turncoat D on Twitter, if you haven't followed him, give him a follow for sure. He's worth it. He's a funny dude. Um, but lately what he's been doing is kind of splicing independent media figures into corporate media and making it kind of seem like, they're inviting independent media on to speak because that's kind of the only way that we're going to get the microphone at this point. So, um, so here, check this out. Uh, all right. So let's go to Indie Man. Let it's me turn this slideshow. All right. All right. So it's here's Don. All right. Thank you. All right. So here's. This is Ari Melber listening to Jimmy Dore give a speech. And what's happening right here at this rally Man, is what I'm actually scares the hell out of the establishment. Days, huh? Everybody from the left, everybody from the right, everybody from the middle coming together to realize that we have more in common than divides us and we share a common enemy. That enemy is the military-industrial complex and the oligarchy. The same oligarchy that did a controlled demolition of our economy, and then they want me to hate my neighbor look at the for the pain I'm anyone. feeling because of that, because they wouldn't take a vaccine mm -hmm. that didn't work the way they said it did in the first fucking place. Well, I'm not yeah. going to hate my neighbor. Woo! I'm going to love my neighbor. Because my neighbor is suffering under the same oligarchy that I'm suffering under, and he didn't cause it. The oligarchy did, and they don't want us to join together. And I have one message for the right and the left. If everybody on the right could just realize that not everybody on the left likes Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, we just want to end the wars and have health care that doesn't bankrupt us. That would go a long way. And if everybody on the left could just realize that not everyone on the right is a white supremacist Trump or nut, they're just fucking I love it. I love it. So Don, Don, that's great. Uh, so that, that's one. And we have, I brought a few Don videos to watch today because he's been doing this uh, for a while and he's actually been kind of getting some people. And this one I know got some people. So this was Max Blumenthal spliced into CNN, and this definitely got a couple of, of Democratic people and CNN fans really upset. An event that I consider to be one of the most important events of the past year. 
That's the Rage Against the War Machine rally this February 19th at the Lincoln. (laughs) Sunday, February 19th, Rage Against the War Machine. I'm going to be speaking there. And one of the things that I think threatens some of the people attacking this rally is that they can't be in charge of the entire thing and decide who to exclude because they love to exclude people. They love to come up with a laundry list of boutique social issues that you have to sign on to every single one with no, and there's no debate allowed in order to participate in a rally about something else, which ostensibly is what your organization is supposed to revolve around, which is the war state. This this is the professional sectarian left that I've had to deal with for years and years and years whether it was on Palestine or Syria. And then, you know, on COVID, they excluded everyone from their little meeting rooms. If you had any problem with thousands and thousands of workers being fired because they didn't want to take an experimental gene therapy injection that doesn't prevent transmission or infection, they would completely castigate you. And then you wouldn't be allowed to speak at their anti-war rallies because you opposed like lockdowns that sent people into suicidal ideation and opioid addiction and kept children out of school for a year because you oppose that the professional sectarian left would exclude you and what this rally is not doing is excluding people including them they would be welcome to speak and participate but they don't want to they want to attack because they've lost control because the professional sectarian left has failed in every respect to form a viable anti-war movement for the past 20 years. And here we are. They want the anti-war movement to be 100 people all wearing the same shirt with multiple advanced degrees who agree on all the same boutique social issues who can fit in one room and they control everyone and everything everyone says. And this rally has broken that model because it's just open. It's what you make of it. It's what anyone wants it to be. And so they are working to sabotage it. And I know from having worked with some of these people in the professional sectarian left that they destroy every institution that they become a part of. They burrow from within, they get in there. And then if you are trying to work for a greater goal within that institution and it doesn't follow their sectarian line, then they start to attack you from within and run campaigns against you. And then ultimately they try to destroy the whole organization unless you get them the hell out of there. And so every institution, every NGO, every media organization that they get in, they're a problem. And now they're becoming a problem within this one. All we're trying to do is stop a nuclear war. Awesome. I mean, that's Max. Uh, that, obviously, CNN would never allow that to, uh, to air on their airwaves. So, Don... Making taking a little bit of a, a of liberty and and doing that up to to let Max see what that would what that would be like to see uh, what that would be like. <laughs> Too funny. All Far right. More than liberalism. Of course, we've got Glenn Greenwald. Our devotion to one of the two political parties has become. And could you the imagine ideology of the media? It's Joy really Reed. driven instead by allegiance to status quo power and institutional authorities. Above all else, what the corporate media wants is the agenda of institutions of authority and major power centers to be preserved and protected and advanced. That is one of the major reasons why one of the most important events in the history of media took place in the 1950s and 1960s when major media outlets became corporatized. They were no longer owned by 
trusted families who had newspapers passed down throughout the generations. Instead, they became swallowed up by gigantic corporations. And that's what large corporations do more than anything else. They are, by definition, inside the halls of power. They are aligned with governments and aligned with corporate agendas. They worship credentialism and authority. To thrive in corporations, in large corporations, the characteristic you most need is not that you are a, a, a dissident to establishment orthodoxies, but that you are there to prove that you can efficiently advance it. Those are the personalities and characteristics which cause you to advance and succeed in any large corporation. And when media became a part of large corporations, the media itself became corporatized. It adopted, even more so than ever before, a pro-authority or pro-status quo perspective. To the, the extent blinking is so good. That, there was, that there is any real Democratic <clears throat> versus Republican allegiance that drives the media, it was almost entirely due to Trump. The media has largely been fine with standard Republicans in the past. People like George Bush and Dick Cheney, or even going back before that. They never liked Barry Goldwater because he was too extremist. He was a threat to a, a establishment yeah. orthodoxies. They were the eyes big. Why they hated Trump? The media hated Trump not because he was Goldwater mentioned, but because he ran. Yeah, media on hates Goldwater. MSNBC is state media now. And therefore, institutions of authority and power hated Trump, and therefore. These journalists inside media corporations did as well. That is how they think about the world. Right. And I mean, the thing about it is, right, it, it's a war on language in a way, too. So funny. Um, yeah. So, that, so that's another one with Don. And, and he did a few more um, that I thought were really, really good. And these, I, I could watch these all day. And Don, Don's a friend. And um, he... He also saw that, you know, he, he's a believer in what happened with Cy Hirsch and the Nord Stream Pipeline. And wouldn't it be nice if if somebody were, were on corporate media talking about, and especially on, on Joy Reid, talking about what, what happened to Nord Stream and what, what really happened to Nord Stream. So imagine. Uh, the U.S. has long been trying to stop the Nord Stream 2 because as Cy Hirsch's story points ah. out, uh, the U.S. has recognized Sorry, that Reef. if Nord Stream 2 goes online, that will make good? it a lot more difficult for the U.S. to wage a proxy war against Russia because Germany will oh. not want to be on board with cutting oh. off its source of cheap energy. So the U.S. found an answer to that problem. They blew it up. And it's interesting. Hirsch reports that the planning for this operation began in late 2021. And that's when Russian forces were massing on the border of Ukraine and there was a threat of the invasion. But something else happened. Russia, in that same month of December 2021, when planning was underway at the White House to blow up Nord Stream 2, Russia also submitted draft treaties to the U.S. and NATO, laying out detailed proposals for the U.S. and NATO to resolve their issues, to roll back NATO military infrastructure in states surrounding Russia. Now, we know what happened to that because the U.S. rejected it. wouldn't even discuss the core issue of Ukraine not joining NATO. Instead, the U.S. chose to basically let the Russian invasion happen. And then when that happened, proceeded to engage in this operation to blow up Nord Stream 2. And they've made no secret about their embrace of this. Uh, the day after the Nord Stream 2 was sabotaged, Antony Blinken declared that this was a tremendous strategic opportunity. And tremendous. most recently, you've covered this, Victoria Nuland testified in Congress that she is grateful, along oh. with the White House, Cut the feed, Nuland, they're, they're slamming Nuland, cut the feed. At the bottom of the sea. 
right. And I mean, the thing about it is, was it her that fell down those stairs? Language in a way too. Aramate, I hope you'll come back. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually where it was. He actually was able to say that on some corporate controlled media, believe it or not. And it was on Fox News. Wow. So they actually did um, invite Aaron on to uh, have a conversation. And I don't like that it's Tucker, but, uh, you know, if if he's going to invite people on, I mean, are they? it's the only exposure that they're being offered whatsoever. So, you know, yeah. this is a guy who is no stranger to corporate media, but it's been a while since they've had him on, and they're certainly not talking about the Twitter files. So, nope. I think the major revelation of the Twitter files so far is that we've discovered an elaborate uh, bureaucracy of what you might call public-private censorship. Uh, basically, companies like Twitter had a system by which they received tens of thousands of requests for action on various accounts typically through the DHS and the FBI, but these requests were coming from basically every agency in the government. We've seen them from the HHS, uh, from, the, uh, from the Treasury, from the DOD, uh, even from the CIA, and they will send basically long lists of accounts in Excel spreadsheet files and re- uh, ask for action on those accounts. And in many cases, uh, Twitter is complying. Yeah, it's funny, as, as I was reading these tens of thousands of emails, we would put them into different buckets. So this might be a First Amendment particular uh, issue over here. Uh, this might be a revolving door question over here. But then over here, we had a bucket called improper asks. And there you might see something like the FBI asking for user identification or IP addresses or handles. And mm-hmm. in some cases, even things like geolocation of individual accounts. Now, the problem is we don't see always see the other side uh, of these transactions, but we can definitely see the government asking for these things. Uh, so these are things that are they're not entitled to, uh, usually without a subpoena or without a warrant, but they're asking for them anyway because they have a very close relationship with these companies. Uh, and in some cases, we're not talking about a few accounts. We're talking about thousands of accounts where they're asking for handles or IP addresses or other information. And that, I think, is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Look where he was. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. Okay, that is from the end. That that that's a seed. Oh God, I love Don. I don't. I I didn't remember seeing that part. Okay, so that no. That part, the very, the very, and uh, the no wonder. Anybody know? All right, who's old enough to know what that's from? No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. Anyone? All right, Reef is definitely not old enough to know what this movie was. No. Anyone? Anyone? I'm gonna give you a minute in the if chat. If I do, I don't remember that, but drop it, drop it in the chat, because I'm I'm dying right now. Um, the word, the name C. Thomas oh, Howell is all I can say. Um. Oh my god! So that was the movie Soul Man, which was wow, a mm. cringe. Yeah, that's a terrible. Yeah, a it's very mega bad. Cringeworthy, <laughs> yeah. but terrible eighties yeah. <laughs> racist, hilariously funny, but incredible. Think of what's the new um the new Eddie Murphy movie with with um Jonah Hill. You people. It's basically. That movie, except it's you people with college, effectively. Yes, yeah, blackface. Exactly. Yeah. He decides to, to yeah. 
to become to become a black person and it's wow it's terrible in so many ways oh my word it might be it's bad so uh we somebody it's said bad. misty somebody said misty on on joy reed well we've we've got to got to let misty in here ah no Thing for the people of East Palestine, yes, um, it wouldn't. Fucked. It would be. Perfect. Let's not pretend that like Biden going there would change anything for the people of East Palestine. Um, it wouldn't. It would be performative. However, as the president of the United States, when something as catastrophic as that happens in a town in this country, you show the fuck up. You yep. sh- that's. I don't know. That's a no brainer. He should have been there like day one, next day checking on these people, assuring them that he's got their back. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't believe them, but optically, I'm talking from an optics perspective here. That's a no-brainer in politics. You show up, you you make sure that they understand that you're there for them, you reassure them that, you know, you're going to help, you, you you know, help help them get the answers that they think that they need or whatever. I mean, they, it took 10 days for Pete Buttigieg to even mention it. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think Biden mentioned it unless he was specifically asked about it. Like they didn't even they didn't even talk about it. A, a small town in Ohio was like there was a mushroom cloud. <laughs> There's like chemicals all over the place. And they didn't even they didn't even mention it like, oh, no. But, and then when Pete Buttigieg was asked about it, he's like, yeah, well, I know that this one's getting a lot of attention, but there's like a thousand trains. It like it's no big. First of all, you're the transportation guy. If there's a thousand train derailments, maybe you should do something about that. Second of all, this one's getting more attention because it's a big a tough deal. Like she's just sitting there stunned. It's mind blowing. It is mind blowing how stunned out of touch into silence. Well, and I, I have to think that it's like it's again it's these are fakes. Like I, it, but they're great. You really can't be that dumb. They can't be this dumb. I mean, if I I'm I'm some chicken Ohio that dumb, and I know Misty. this. Just. Just the fact alone that, 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 that Misty was wearing a WikiLeaks t-shirt, they would never allow that at MSNBC alone. All right. Um, they might not even know what it is if they were... Now, someone would have to tell them. Now, yeah. uh, I, now, da, da, now, now, I don't know if you could... I, I could blow up this tweet, but... But... What's that, um, but what's that one Don, underneath it? Turnco Don, what? Oh, that's 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 the dude that's running. The well, uh, you can explain why. So, Turncoat Don gave 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 me the, the treatment. Yes, that was from Friday. All right. So, of course, Joe, who's now back on Twitter, STFU Shitlib Three. Please follow him. He's three. That's, that's my brother. I love him. He actually sent me a a message. He's got a new video. He wants me to Those show him. Like, dude, don't get me deplatformed, please. Um, but let me see what you got. Uh, so he, he said, well, turncoat and India are certainly a hundred percent Russian sympathizer, anti-vax bigots, so full stop. Well, that's because those are messages in, I did in my uh, appearance. What? In my appearance on, what? thank you on Aaron Burnett, you, you know, rage against war. That, that, that's, that's the key. We want to rage against war. Mm-hmm. There's going to be INN members there. Tara Reid will be speaking. Hosta will be speaking, and a huge, huge lineup of speakers that are, is so impressive and crosses ideological lines from Tulsi to Ron Paul to Chris Hedges, Max Blumenthal, so many people who I respect, um, some people who I don't like, and that's okay. I, I don't have to like everyone that shows up at a rally outside at the... At, at, yes, you the, do. One of the memorials. Like, God. 
don't hang out with them and don't talk to them. It's really not that hard. There's going to be plenty of people there to talk to. I mean, if you if you oppose this war, you're going to show up and and forget the people that, you know, you're going to ig ignore the people that you don't like and focus on the people that, that you do. And and not just on people, but on the fact that you're there to oppose war and show solidarity to oppose war. And, and you know, coalitions across all kinds of ideological spectrums shows people that this is a big deal. So that was my that was my uh, 15 minutes or minute 16 there um, uh, in, in the spotlight. Thank you again so much to, to Don. That was touching and surprising. And I had no idea he was going to do it. And of course, you know, Don t calling me the the anti-vax bigot. Full stop. Um, so thank you for telling me to close my DMs. Jesus. But now and that's we're going to. That's really hey, it. That's it. Uh, that's we have to mute that. But now we're going to move on to Joe, uh, of course, who we just talked about. And let me go back to the slideshow for one second. Let's put that up on the screen. Who are these because, people? Yeah, who are these people? I, I don't know. And then we're going to turn the slideshow back on. That would be Joe. But not that Joe. Yeah. That would be Joe Rogan. This is Joe. This is INN's Joe. <laughs> this is Same Shut difference. the Fuck Up Shitlib 3. Okay, Joe so, is Joe Rogan's alt. Oh, and Joe is okay. eternal. Here he is. Oh, he's in <laughs> chat. Look out. All right. So if I mod Joe, which which one's he at? Okay, he's in he's in Ian, he's in Indies chat. So let me go over here. He is modded. So you can drop your link in there. Um, why is that back at the beginning mm -hmm. now? What the what the hell? Okay, Damn, so that, that's son, not live. Where'd you yep. find this? Okay, thank you. All right, Joe is back. Yay. All right. Um, so now, yeah, no, I would love to do the Joe show. So this is going to basically be the Joe show for a little bit. Um, let me go back to the two shot so I can now escape out of here. <laughs> ah. Escape out of here. Not Joe Pesky. Not Joe Pesci and a bunch of different Joes. Pesci. So Joe... Um, Decided to make a video of a video of a video. Um, of a video of a video? Of a video of a video. So, oh, let's turn the slideshow off. Now we can fit the whole screen in there. Beautiful. Nice. All right. So imagine if you would, and this is this is actually a video that that um, RBN uh, that, that RBN played earlier on their show. And go check out Revolutionary Blackout Network. Go subscribe to them, support them, sign up for their sub stack. They're great. Love them to death. But Don, or this is actually Joe imagining or the, the Vanguard reacting to, Don, to Don's cut up. So here we That's go. the video I saw of this guy, Magnus, and he had a Black Lives Matter person with him. He had a gay person with him. And then it was him. And he's a libertarian. And he said, we see common ground. We're not well, your enemy, on QIT. enemy. And I was like, this, let's That's bring this guy on. QIT and the Vanguard's reacting to it. Pro, pro, they provided provided That's security for uh, the Black Lives Matter protests. Well, they're not. So they're pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-LGBTQ. Uh, they're anti-war, anti-cop. What else do you guys? This, this, that's five, four or five out of the top ten issues I have. We can agree on. We could work on. They demonize me. Like you can't okay. do that. What the fuck? Get in here! Are you fucking kidding me? I, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. Not to interrupt. Oh no, you're how to interrupt, and it's what? about to get even worse. 
And I'm like, so I, I literally had a guy come on after I interviewed him from the World Socialist website. And he's supposed to be a union organizer. Yes. His name is Jerry something. And I can't remember his last name, and you never heard of it anyway, because this guy's never accomplished a goddamn thing in his life. And Same he came Jerry on White. and he started to rip me for interviewing that guy. And I go, Jerry, what's your message to that guy? This guy's being affected by the economic crushing from COVID, just like everybody else. What's your message? Don't you have a message to recruit and him? Nothing to message, answer for General Strike either. Have a message. We got to have a message. And he goes, I don't have a message for that guy. And I'm like, well, that's why nobody ever heard of you. And that's why you've <laughs> never accomplished joke. anything an in your life, because that's not how you organize. You know how you organize? Just like Christian Smalls did at Who, the Amazon QIT warehouse on Staten yourself? Island. Now, if you don't know of Staten Island, it's all full of Trump voters, and he's a black guy who organized a union of Trump voters on Staten Oh, it's so obvious he's catering to the right wing. It's the, the exact stick. He's being the right wing's favorite left What? <laughs> yeah, so pretty insane. Well, who said? He's on Staten Island, and how do you do that? Well, I'll tell you how you don't do it. You don't go to the union floor and go, who here is a proud boy? You're out. Who doesn't like Social Security? You're out. Who's against LGBTQ? You're out. Who's, who's a libertarian gun nut? You're out. Okay, who's left? Now let's organize. That's not how you do it. Everybody knows that's not how you organize. The way when you when people on the left say we're going to organize along class lines, Zach, they don't even Gavin, realize what they're saying because what that no? means is organizing okay. with Trumpers, that's and right. they say we'll never do that. Well, that's what organizing along class lines means, moron. And that's why you haven't accomplished anything in your life except divide the country. Your neighbor's not your enemy. The military-industrial complex is your enemy. Wall Street is your enemy. Big pharma, big insurance. That is your enemy, not your neighbor. <laughs> the van at the end is just. Mwah. Oh, look at the. the yeah, where's the that little, van at? The next thing was was also very good. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe knocking it out with Don's video, making the Vanguard react. I mean, Joe Don's like, I don't even know what's real anymore. Like. Deep fakes mm -hmm. watching deep fakes of deep fakes, but they're not even deep fakes, they're just fakes. Um, Joe also did an incredible video. Um, and this was an older one that we just published, and it, it was about a month ago he did one. And obviously, because he's been off Twitter, you probably hadn't seen it. And this is a four minute video, and it's it's kind of it was the Democrats' worst nightmare, if you remember correctly, during. Um, during the forced vote, what were the TYT, Sirota, Brian Grimm's, et cetera, worried about was, was that McCarthy was going to become speaker and that there was a chance that he would become speaker. Well, of course, now he, of course, has become speaker. So here's what Joe had to say about that. Democratic uh, Coxman Clyburn, he's going to help Kevin McCarthy to get, get uh, elected as speaker <laughs> oh my God. of the House. <laughs> Eric, it was the most vanguard I watched in months, McCarthy too. will become Speaker of the House. The House. Yep. Nancy Pelosi, <clears throat> I think ultimately at the end of the day, if you really demanded that she actually do something on Medicare for All, it was a choice between letting Kevin McCarthy become Speaker of the House, which would be a very bad thing, no, or wasn't. doing something real on Medicare for All. I don't have a, a, a confidence that she won't she would care to do the right thing. That Sirota video where he I didn't believe how he how wormy he was trying to slide that past. It was very wormy. <laughs> More, what an asshole, man. You don't want Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House on January 6th. Just absolute disaster scenario. 
Christ. Can we go to a friend of the show, David Sirota, and run this by him? I did. He, <laughs> it was like an asteroid about to hit the earth. Hey. Kevin McCarthy mm-hmm. being Speaker of the House. I would ask you, do you think it would be a good thing for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House? Just uh, forget about the negotiating part. Forget about don't look it up, though. Answer that question. Is it a good or bad thing for you know? Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House? Don't don't deflect. Just answer that goddamn I, question. I, I think it, 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 would, would it be better or worse? That, who knows? Answer yeah, answer, answer the question. Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker if, of the House. You're fucking a Democrat. Answer if, it. If Nancy Pelosi is unwilling to put Medicare for answer all the on the floor, question. what's the difference? Answer the question. What, what's the so difference? If Nancy Pelosi is I'm willing to answer the question and be honest. And- <laughs> oh, Kevin McCarthy. They were all screaming that. Every one of these. Kevin McCarthy. I know. I didn't even know who the fuck he was when they were saying that. You know that? If the 10 Justice Democrats had voted president, right now, Kevin McCarthy would be Speaker of the House. That was indisputably who the said wrong they strategy. should vote president? We couldn't force a vote on health care because they said Kevin McCarthy could become Speaker. Right. Well, now we still don't have a vote on Medicare for all. And the Democrats are going to help make Kevin McCarthy speaker. They're cutting out the speaker. Man, <laughs> so how does the vote for the speakership work? Because there's a lot of confusion over it, and there's a lot of misinformation, and there's a lot of yelling. Okay? Yeah, coming By from way, him. Um, if we want to get into a yelling contest, I'll win that one too. But uh, that's not how what? things should work. There's good reasons to yell. Sorry, no. I'm not going to answer your question. No, I know, F- because I've been here for four hours. Don't give me this. Where's the plane? Like, <laughs> no, 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 but they, they told us that four hours ago. Is it actually coming? Is it actually coming? Because I literally heard it was coming from the hangar three hours ago. I Everybody remembers this is Jank at the yeah, airport. Remember when you were afraid that McCarthy could become speaker if we did something? Well, now we're going to make that dream come true. Oh, Dave Zerota, don't look up. Just weird, <laughs> like conflict of interest. He happened to be married to a Democrat. And then there was one video I was watching when he was like, yeah, I know some Democrats. And I paused it, Nick. I, mean, I paused it, Rome. And I was like, what do you mean you know so many Democrats? You're fucking a Democrat. I've literally been working in this fucking business to try to get the Democrats to do a fucking thing for a quarter century of my life. That's how old I am. Okay. So the idea that I'm not How's that working a person out? who doesn't want, I'm a person who's just trying to get an establishment. I'm trying to get a job with Nancy Pelosi. I'm trying to get a well, job with the Democratic establishment. Well, you're fucking a Democrat. That is a complete well, fucking joke. Well, as, just as a human being, as a human being, I, I you're misframing this. Really Again, the question is: a shit sandwich better honest. than a shit sandwich? Is that what you're saying? Is a shit sandwich better than a shit sandwich? This is not the argument. This is not the argument, David. You are framing the ar- as a human being. You're framing I, the argument incorrectly. A, as a human being, I, you're framing the argument inc- as a human being who needs Medicare for all. I, People who have dysphoria. <laughs> as a human being, as a human being, you're framing this incorrectly. As a human being, you're framing it incorrectly. Just so you know, just so you know, the story is that you're not willing to risk. And I'm asking you: Are you willing to risk? Nancy Pelosi speakership to get this done. Are you? Yeah, 100%. Because another uh, okay. candidate can. So there you have it. Jim Clyburn is going to help that McCarthy become speaker. But Jenk Uger must be thrilled. If you got a good plan, I swear to God, we're going to go guns blazing all together on it. Guys like David Sirota are gutless. They don't have fucking balls. He's got, he's a liar, an obfuscator, a defender of the establishment. You're fucking a Democrat. That's the kind of people telling you to still vote Democrat. Sirota is one of the most hardcore progressives. You need guys like that on your side. That's who David Sirota is. The guy doesn't have integrity. <laughs> More, what an asshole, man. <laughs> oh, I used, to, I used to stand in, with Sirota and love that dude. And man, that's, he's, He's just he become won't fucking stop. Yeah, he won't fucking stop. He's been a hell of a disappointment, I I must say. Um So this is this is a little bit more of a serious type of, of video that Joe made. And this was this is gonna probably be a little controversial. Um we'll see. Probably it, get this pulled off YouTube. You think? Should yeah, I run it? Maybe. 
It's it's already up on yeah, YouTube. Whatever. It's already on YouTube. It's yeah. I'm running it from our YouTube channel. So if it's off YouTube, then yeah. if it gets us pulled, it gets us pulled. But this is um Joe put this together and this was really, really good, really well done. About five minutes. And again, I think that you guys probably have missed a lot of this stuff because he's been off Twitter for months since before Elon censored Shut the Fuck Up Shitlib 2 and at STFU Shitlib 3. Everybody follow Joe back on, on Twitter. Give him his. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Mm-hmm. It just be YouTube. Alright, so this is talking about the Black Lives Matter protesters. I'm probably gonna go to jail for okay? Tomorrow! We need to go into the Capitol! Hmm. Who's that guy? Into the Capitol! What? <laughs> We should try to find out who is this person. The hearings are tonight, right? Will they talk about this? Who is that little cop waving people in? As soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol, where our problems are. It's that direction. Please spread the word. Shut the fuck up, Boomer. Oh, it's not some sort of op? Okay, then what is it? We are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. That's where our true problems lie. What's that dude's name again? We are going to the Capitol. Ray Epps. That's who it is. Joe said no. <laughs> but how can you not notice that? What? The guy was on tape multiple times telling people to go into the Capitol and he was never sent to jail for that? While people who just happened to be there did go to jail? And then Adam Kinziger himself thanked Ray Epps. What is going on here? You're not a conspiracy nut if you have that question. Really? Why are you letting this happen? Why haven't you called for backup? Where is your backup? This is our damn Capitol building, and y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch. Fuck all of you. Call for backup. Get some help down here. What is going on here? Really? These people want blood. The officers then escort the crowd into the interior of the Capitol. And these guys, uh, just standing in the hallway. Welcome to the Capitol. Not stopping. Disagree anybody. with it, but I respect why, why it. Didn't they? If we could get these questions answered, it wouldn't be a sham hearing tonight. At 2:47 p.m., police wearing yellow gear closed the doors. Close the doors. Police presence then increases, and no more individuals enter through the upper west terrace doors.
Yeah, it's Falun Gong stuff, but hey, it's it's actual footage. Mm -hmm. That's a cop. That's a Fed, a hundred percent. confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I have to be very careful. It should be I a can... no. Can you not tell the American people? No, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's on January time the 6th. has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, confidential gentlemen's human time has expired. That's You know, it's not all fun wow. and games with Joe. Um, yeah, bravo for Joe. Um, that is, and again, I'm not, I hate to, I'm not a right winger. I'm an independent. I ask a lot of questions. I look at evidence. I look at all sides. And I'm not going to dismiss one side because of their bias. Usually their bias leads them to expose stuff that, People on the other side are trying to protect, like the Hunter Biden laptop folks. You know, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was not a right wing conspiracy theory. It was real. It happened. Who was that? Who didn't someone leave particular publication for that? That, that would be Glenn Greenwald mm. left the Intercept. Yes. Um, mm. Who is the DC bureau chief of the Intercept? Hmm. I, a guy named Ryan, crying, crying, no, Ryan Grimm. Oh, that, that's something like that. Autopilot. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, old yeah, auto. that's a really well done video, Joe. Um, they ask a lot of the questions that at least sow a seed of doubt into whether this was a set up some type of controlled thing where, it's kind of like, honestly, look, the the FBI has been caught doing this things like this multiple times where they will infiltrate and embed themselves into a movement. Then they will stoke mm. and suggest violent solutions. They will suggest ways for these people to obtain the weapons and help them plot and plan out that violent solution. And then the person carries it out. And they're like, ah, who could have possibly see this happen? I mean, yeah, it's it's unreal. Um, so why were one third of the Capitol Police officers on duty that day versus usual? Why were the congressional staffers told not to come in that day? There are a lot of questions that even I have. Um, I'm no fan of Trump. No fan of Joe Biden, but I also don't believe that our uh, entire system is 100% correct. 
correct. Uh, look, as as Fiorella and Pasta have shown and proven multiple times that there are questions about chain of custody, that there are questions about ballot flipping, that there are questions about screens that that change and you know complete total ballot selections in Texas that were across the, the board. And these were by Democratic people that were that were looking at this. This is since 2016. It wasn't really fixed for 2020. You had the shadow app. Um, you had the the whole mess with New Hampshire. Every state that Bernie seemed to win, they seemed to have very delayed reporting. The exit polls, I had a big question over the exit polls. There's mm-hmm. a lot of questions with regard, in my mind, to the 2020. Um, this was another whole spectacle. And I still feel like, J6 was in some ways allowed by the Capitol Police in order to terrorize Congress to a point, scare the heck out of them into getting mm-hmm. them to funding into not defunding the police. That's my personal you belief. You mean like what they did in Brazil not that long after? Okay. That's my personal um, belief. You know, that's um, that's not based DOJ on DOJ members or and that's based on completely all of the covering all of the footage and the, all of the evidence and everything that keepers. I've seen. But that's still my opinion. Okay. So I got one more Joe video here for tonight, and then we can get to boats. I know what time it is. So let's get to this one. This was Joe's marking Joe's return to Twitter. Um, And this one has gotten, you can see, over 14,000 views. And it's imagining Jimmy Dore went to the World Economic Forum? What? Please welcome Klaus Schwab. Very cordial welcome to the 2023 annual meeting. Our next speaker is a truth teller. He has called out my bullshit. Please welcome the great Jimmy Dore, Jag Off comedian. Author, give a round of applause. Damn, Jimmy's moving. It's as if a foreign government has taken over America and is trying to destroy it. But it's not a foreign government. It's our government. It's kind of hilarious. Think of the United States as a car and your car broke down on the on the freeway and it's out of gas. Everybody knows you want to put more gas in it. Instead, what the government did was they came in, they stole the tires and ripped the radio out of it. People have no idea what's coming or what really happened. They still think we can fix this. They have no idea that the government, that the country has been given over to rapacious oligarchs and our country's not going to look the same coming out of this ever. And the people who were supposed to do something about this and step on the brake pedal and sound the alarm did not do that. And this is an unbelievable failure and a collapse of government, the Democratic Party, and our entire society. And Bernie's voting for it. And if you're not angry about that, that's a defect inside of your personality and your intellect because you don't know exactly what's happening and you don't realize the seriousness of the situation. There were technical difficulties at the WEF broadcast. How about that? Oh, Joe, that was mm-hmm. that was great. That actually got a like and a retweet out of Jimmy. Sixty thousand views on the tweet. Fifty-four retweets on this one, and there were a bunch of different ones. INN had one, so. At STFU shitlib3. Go give him a follow. Go hook up our brother Joe. INN's Joe. Yep. 
All right. So jo I think Joseph. Hang on. Did did he send me the link? Let's see if he sent me the link. Don't play it. Jo <laughs> Joseph. Nice. Put okay. your link to your YouTube, weirdo. Yeah, don't play it. Where's it at? No, he what? It's it's put it at, in there. Oh, it's youtube.com slash stfu shitlib two. I believe. Yeah, okay. Electric Boogaloo. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It should be, but he didn't claim that, though he claimed his vanity name. So let's go to his, and I'll drop it. It is. It's hard to find, by the way. There it's, it is. It's the at yep. symbol, uh, youtube.com slash at stfu shitlib two. Shut the fuck up, shitlib two. That's what it is. There you go. Marketing, bro. We got to work on it. We're going to get there. <laughs> you know? We'll, we'll get you there. Like, so. Um, oh, no. Chat, chat, chat got messed up. What happened to chat? Ah, I lost chat. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, that's news. I mean, there wasn't much news. I mean, there was a lot of news yeah. this week. There was East Palestine. I mean, there were a lot of pe things a lot of people covered, but. We covered censorship. Yep, we covered and we it, co and we covered the coal miners, which I don't. I didn't see anybody else really talking about in our in our world. Um, mm. We're not going to talk about the Mike Figueredo video versus Mike Figueredo, though that was really funny. You should no, definitely you check can, that out you on can Joe's find that channel. One on your own. Um, yep. Here, so but just so you could see, this is what Joe's channel looks like. Let me blow that up a little bit. You can see his, his angry beard face over there. My brother Joe. He's already up to 500 subs. That means he can now do posts. Joe, also, change your logo to the new logo. You know? You can put sure. your new logo in that logo. So the Don video was called Anti-Vaxxer Turncoat D, the right wing's favorite lefty. I think we watched that one tonight. And then tonight yep. he did the Lost Tapes unaired Jimmy Dore speech, and I did not do this one, but he posted that an hour ago. So nice. Go check that out. I think that's another one of those deep fake things where he's doing a face mash. Fantastic. All right. So let's. Fantastic. Uh... Oh my god. What 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 is that? <laughs> what? That's what she said. Um, huh? Yep. So um. This is the article that I wrote at Substack. Uh, our new mission, which is to unplug from corporate media. <laughs> and the thesis is that we need mm. to destroy the influence peddling machine that is the corporate controlled media. And it's not really that big a lift, but it's kind of a big lift. This is over mm. at IndieMedia.today. It's pinned at the top. There's a Joe video in there. And it's me ranting and yelling at the, at the moon. But yell the moon with me and um, appreciate everybody going and liking it and sharing it. And bottom line is, is the thesis is we got to unplug. We've got to stop feeding into their narratives and letting them control the narrative through all different kinds of media, not just news, Netflix, Disney Plus, NFL, UFC. Unfortunately, though, I and hate if you to haven't, say it. if you haven't. I, I, dude, I don't. R Russian link, man. I have Russian link. Well, that's true. That um, is true. But I, I do not know anything like, about that. My brothers in Dagestan, give me Russian link. 
God. Um, I'm um, going to turn on the rock. But yeah, and if you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, you probably should do that, or I'll kick you. I'll go there and I'll kick you. You don't subscribe. Well, you better do it. Are, that 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 is Rockfin and in the black, and that is Rumble <clears> on <throat> in the blue on the right. Um, we we do have chats there too, which is great. Thank you for uh, chatting over there, and good to see everyone over at Rumble and Rockfin. And maybe one of these days, Restream will bring those chats into the Restream chat, and we can flow all of them together. That would be really cool. Um, this week, uh, Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'll be going on Misty Winston's radio show on TNT Radio, so stay tuned for that. Um, nice. I also want to give a shout-out to Misty Winston for starting her own Substack. Go sign up, mistywinston.substack.com. You can see it over at, at her Twitter also. But I thought that would be a really good way for her to share her appearances, to let people know who's going to be on the radio show every week, to... Um, yeah. Let people know about upcoming actions, and <clears throat> every once in a while, she'll want to rant and have well. and have an outlet to do that. So, by all means, I think mine's on the sixth. I'm going on Misty. Yep, yep. Well. I think I think she told so, me she's booked out through the sixth. Time. Garland Nixon, if you're listening, we do want to <clears> book <throat> you for Misty's radio show. She mentioned that uh, she she wanted to ask but didn't want to ask. Also, look out for uh, hopefully soon Dan Cohen. The, the segment we did last week got the attention of a couple people, and I sent it over to Kit over at Hardlands Media, and hopefully Kit and Dan Cohen are going to be connecting, and you'll see Dan Cohen interviewed over at Hardlands in the near future. So look forward to that. Yeah. Um, Tara will be back Colin this week. Colin will be back on Yeah, Colin on back Friday, Wednesday. Right? Yeah, Colin will be back this week for Ina News for Wednesday. He was in New Orleans this, this week yeah. um, on vacation with a friend at Mardi Gras. And I think and, we might have guests lined up for that. Um, that'd be cool. So, and then Tuesday is Jesse's birthday. So everybody go wish Jesse a happy mm -hmm. birthday for Tuesday. He doesn't want to do a show yeah. for his own birthday necessarily. So we're going to skip American tradition this week. But maybe we'll do something. Maybe we'll even do a random roundtable. We'll birthday's see. on the 8th. Um, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's the anniversary of when our Discord accounts got zapped um yep and what else is happening to, to, to indies tech tips there's a new indies tech tips um let me go real quick uh let me open up the browser no. i want to no no i don't want to show the tech tips i want to show the shop with the new tech tip gear that's what i was trying to do yes hmm. where are they where are they where are they here we go. Right there. Go All back right. up. Yep, there they are. Here. Uh, let's go back to sharing the screen. Check these out, folks. They are beautiful. So we've got die-cut stickers. We've got a notebook for Indies Tech Tips. We've got an iPhone case. We've got T-shirts, and on the back they say IndieLeft.media. We've got tank tops. We've got long sleeves. And, of course, we've got your Bongfather T-shirts. Get all of your gear at independentleft.shop in all different colors. How did we miss that shirts? The old logo, of course, now that we just got the new logo. Anybody have a baby, you can get your how do we miss that onesie and dump in your indie left news. And those are the flip-flops that we talked about, the red bong father flip-flops. Mm -hmm. Mix them up. Check it out. Independentleft.shop. All the links at indieleft.media and at indienews.network. 
So it is. We're done. We're done with how do we miss that for tonight? Ooh. This is episode 69, dude. Oh boy. Yeah, I did it. Sorry. Nice. Sorry. I enjoy it. Oh man, that's wow, disgusting. Otherwise, very nice. Yes, very nice. Thank you. All right. So we will see you next week for episode 70. Holy crap. Um, mm-hmm. As always, we love you. And uh, keep questioning everybody's motivations. And we will see you this week. Good night, everybody. Keep listening to what little birds have to tell you. Good night, fam. Bye. Have a great time. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track And I'm only looking back thinking What did they actually say? 